Welcome back to the PYP, the Practical Youth Pastor. I'm your host, Chris Hahn, along with Steve, Steve Johnson. Johnson. And Josh. <laughs> Special Hi, Josh. guest intern yeah. Josh is here with us today. Today what we're going to talk about is, can't we all get along? Ooh. How do we get along? You, a lot of people out there that are working in ministry fields, especially in youth ministry, there's if you're a youth pastor, director, bivocational, chances are you've got multiple people on your staff mm-hmm. that you work alongside. And sometimes things come up that you can't figure out, or you're trying to reconcile, or somebody bobs and weaves into your lane, or you bob and weave into somebody else's lane. How do you reconcile that so that you can have a harmonious experience at work? Did you like how I ended that right on cue right there? That was well done. But that's basically what we're talking about. Steve, have you ever had like a scenario like that where you're trying to figure out, okay, how how do I work this out with this coworker Mm -hmm. that their train is kind of moving into my tracks or my train's kind of moving into their tracks and it's getting kind of friction. Like if you had a scenario like that, you don't have to name names or whatever. Yeah, but. it's best I don't. But yes, absolutely I have. Yeah. How do I've, you handle that kind of thing? Well, I Speechless. don't. Speechless. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be thoughtful in this. So I... Usually in phase one of conflict resolution do well because I assume that we can connect and level with each other and come to an understanding where I go off the rails is when that doesn't happen. And then usually my response has been sinful, but also maybe even destructive, right? So I don't do well on the, on the follow-up. But I can tell you it's been something, you know, right now I'm at a church where I don't, I mean, I do serve um, under two pastors, but there's no one else on the staff. Um, My previous church, we did have a very large staff, but I oversaw a pretty big chunk of them. Yeah. So it was more trying to diffuse situations than, you know, I, I didn't really come face to face with somebody who was, as you put it, getting onto my tracks or vice versa. Yeah. So what do you, what, what would you advise people out there? I mean, I'm just assuming, and I mean, we hear about it from time to time with other workers or we've experienced it in our own lives where somebody in ministry starts to feel insecure in their job. Right. Right. Or they're calling the position um, because maybe someone else on the staff, it could even be a parent, honestly, that has kind of the mentality, I can do it better than they can. Right you can experience the same feelings but you know it's just inevitable while you're in ministry you're going to face these situations where you start to feel like am i adequate for this job because this person's doing part of my job or this parent is telling me i should be doing this type of job or that um and you start to go through this season of insecurity and then that insecurity tends to breed um Maybe some manipulation or it right. breeds like I'm going to make myself look good and I may lie about X to make myself look good in front of this person that's causing the insecurity or the catalyst for it. I mean, there's any number of situations, but like what would you say would be square one if you're starting with someone that comes to you and says, I don't know, it feels like somebody's moving into my lane. Well, How would you approach them? So it's funny because even as you're saying this, I'm trying to scroll and find there is a book that maybe we could recommend in the show notes because I'm going to have to figure out what it's called. Crucial Conversations? No, no. And it's not leading with empathy either. This is, um, I'm going to find it and I'm going to, I'm going to link it. Uh, 
but I found it to be um, very, very important, not just within uh, the church, but also in secular situations too, although secularism is a myth, and we'll talk about that in another podcast. Um, to your question specifically, what do you do when somebody comes up and says, I just feel like they're coming into my lane? You know, there's a reason that that sometimes the biblical answer sounds rote. It's because it is commonly talked about, and it is by far the best, which would obviously be for you to hear out that person, but not allow yourself to become a sounding board for them to simply rant and understand that you're moving toward the next thing, which would be the three of you sitting down, but not in a position where you're saying, look, authoritatively, I'm the three of us need to sit down, say, hey, would it be all right with you if we went together to this person and just had a conversation? I'd love to be part of it, hear your side, hear her side. There's a passage in this book that I wish I could recall better, but basically it's the understanding that, you know, people are well-intentioned most of the time, especially if you're, if you're dealing with other Christians and you're called into this place and you're serving in ministry side by side, we all get tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. We all have our own insecurities, but more often than not, there's nothing personal to the foul that happens here, the foul that happens there. Where things get really out of control is when you skip that step of encouraging someone to go to that person. If they don't do that, then what happens is, is they continue to tell their story in a way that starts to build their case and puts up kind of battle lines. And then they project, you're saying they it projects as yep. if the person who made the first foul Correct. as this big evil with this big yeah. conspiracy. It personifies the whole, I want to be judged by my intentions and I judge you by your actions. And it just blows up. Yep. Not because that other person, but because your insecurities or maybe you're hurt, you're hurt by that person, propels it into that land. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I have built somebody up to look like this straw man that, that just, again, typifies everything that I can't stand about people, only to sit down with that person and then hear what they're going through what their intentions were, oftentimes they didn't even realize that they had crossed over into my yard. Yeah. And I, I'll, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, but I want to hear from Josh first, but I have an example. Jo yeah, Josh, do you experience that? I mean, it's been an intern this summer. I don't, I can't imagine a lot of places where you're like, whoa, 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 this is my area or whatever, but maybe. Well, well, like it was weird because when I moved in, um, all the other interns had lived with people before. You know what I mean? And like out I, of wedlock? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like they've gone to yeah. college. <laughs> he really ministered to them. lived with other guys. <laughs> oh. I've only lived with girls like my entire life and with family. He means and his so, sister and his mom. <laughs> right. We're just trying to protect. What Josh, what, yes. Yes. <laughs> what Josh is trying to illustrate right now is sometimes we have to understand the story behind the story. There you go. Uh, context but so when I moved in I guess I just didn't understand personal space and so mm. there's this one specific intern I'm not gonna name but I was like poking the bear a lot uh, just to get a rise out of him I'm a little brother so that's I'm really good at doing that and I guess I didn't realize that he was actually like this was actually affecting him in a way where he it was causing him to sin and um I thought it was hilarious. Like his reactions to me were so funny. So I would do it all the time. And it was, it was honestly selfish of me. But when Chris called us in to have a meeting, he's like, yeah, I noticed some tension between you two. I'm like, 
you're joking, right? Like, I, I honestly thought he was kidding. And Chris <laughs> is like, no, I'm being serious. Like, wait, what? And I look over to the intern, and he's like, stone cold like, <laughs> into the That's desk. That's exactly <laughs> what's going on. And since he's one of our three listeners, you know he's nodding. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. He's like, yeah. Chris is my man. Right. You, I remember Chris. this. <laughs> and, like, he just opened up and yeah, said that right. I was really making him upset, and I had no idea that I crossed those boundaries of personal space, and, and I was causing him to sin. And once I did, there was reconciliation, but I definitely had, I, I had no idea that I was, I was making him really angry. Well, and again, so, so what, what this illustrates, you had no idea you were making him angry, right? After it was brought to your attention, your reaction was one of repentance and you apologized and I'm sure... It Actually, helped. he just gave him the bird and said, get over it. Oh. Grow up, big man. Well, imagine if he hadn't, right? So we we <laughs> illustrate that. But that's that's a, <laughs> it's a perfect example. You just think something's harmless and funny, and you just don't know how it's yeah. affecting somebody else. Mm-hmm. My story was here at camp, uh, or up in camp. We were with uh, another group from Tucson. So you had a bunch of churches, and then you had what were considered the two big groups. Um, and we were split into two different teams each yeah so there's a natural rivalry um turns out that youth pastor at this place has been one of my favorite people for like 15 years longer than that because he actually worked with my wife and knew that she was pregnant with hannah like an hour before i did right my oldest great guy so you're saying they had an inappropriate relationship no it, here's the cool thing that <laughs> th- this this guy is very, I don't even know what to liken him to, just the fact that he's the most non-threatening human I've ever oh, met. Yeah. And that's why I love him so much. Anyway, so we're up at camp, and I, and something that we'll get into in another podcast, I feel like my whole dynamic has changed since we were last recording. I have some students who come from the streets, and they're used to a specific type of interaction that usually comes to fisticuffs, as they would have said in the 1920s and 30s. <laughs> so... I'm all I'm all excited because this friend of mine is the speaker and I couldn't believe that I got to hang out with him and seen him so long. Well, drama ensues in our during chapel and I'm walking back and forth. Little kid sick, she's throwing up. I'm another kid has a bloody nose, another girl blacks out. Like it was like all, everyone's like, What kind of a diseased church do you have that all this is happening? <laughs> so I walk back and all of a sudden three of my big senior guys run up. These these guys are ready to throw down. And they had caught some of the kids from this other church in our cabin, in one of the cabins. And they're just ready to just rumble with these guys. They go back into chapel, and another guy from this church comes over and is like, you with my guys, I'm going to with you. All of a sudden, it's getting completely out of control. Well, I'm keeping my cool to this point. As I mentioned, <laughs> round one, I keep my cool. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going back and forth. We're trying to figure stuff out. So I go and talk. To, so it turns out one of my students went and talked to this youth guy. He's like, okay, let me handle this. So I'm talking to him. I'm like, look, I'm sure it's a misunderstanding, blah, blah, blah. I go back to the girls' cabins, and some of my girls come out in hysterics and go, someone broke into our cabins and they stole stuff. Now, what I knew I should have done was investigate, not react to their reaction, right? <laughs> and again, I understand that your question is usually framed within the organization, right? This would be your coworkers, yeah. okay? But in this, this is my brother in Christ, fellow ministry. Right. So I turned to the head of the camp, and I was the program director. I was like, look, here's the thing. 
I don't know what's going on, but this is getting bigger than just the two of us can handle. So I want to pull the camp in right now because if it does turn out that they've stolen some more stuff, I'm I, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty mad at this point. So I go over to my buddy and look, look. I'm not saying you guys did this. I'm just saying we know you did the first thing, and now the second thing is happening. So we got to figure something out. I go back up to the cabin. He's addressing his students. I go back to our cabin, and it turns out some girls were just hysterical, and they had seen a door open that wasn't ours and some purses were thrown about. But that was just because these girls were slobs. <laughs> it had yeah. nothing to do with us. Which is possible. Which is possible. Yeah. So again, I don't know what it was in me that was ready to believe the worst about my friend's organization based yeah. off of nothing other than me just listening to a wrong story. Yeah. Now the whole thing was sorted out, but I think it's important that we point out when we start rehashing things over and over, when we internalize things, when we don't go to that person, we start to hear a story in which it's really easy to cast us as the hero or at least the victim and them as the villain. Yeah. And that is just crazy because you've seen healthy organizations you know, taken to their knees yeah. because people are talking about each other and not to each other. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, and we watch it on movies or on TV shows. It's like... Just talk to your dad. He really loves right, you. Too. Right. Why would you just not talk? Like, and but then, then when don't. it happens to us in real life, yeah. it's just so hard to do that. It's true. Like, it's just really, really hard uh, for me. I mean, like when you're in youth ministry, you're kind of like um, you're kind of the you're seen as kind of this free spirit that can listen to everybody. You kind of navigate between the lines of of ministries, so you're not necessarily an authority figure at the church, but you are an authority figure over an area, and so people tend to see like my office sometimes. And this has been this way for the last ten, fifteen years. Like, well, well, Chris is in his office. Let's just go talk. Hey, having this issue? Oh, I'm so sorry. Tell me about it. And then it's about someone else that's on staff. Mm. And you have to, you know, you got to be very cautious about that. And so I've just had to learn over the years to say, hmm, now how you feel is reasonable. If this is what's happening, how you feel is reasonable. Can I, can I give you some input on what I think you should do about this? And ask for the, the buy. You're trying to buy that influence in that point. I think always saying you've got to go back to that person yourself. Yeah. And you've got to just be honest. It's a hard conversation. It's going to be awkward. But you've got to handle it. I can't be your advocate for this. And, you know, you can keep me up. We're going to pray about it real quick. But you've got to be the one. Yeah. Now, in the Presbyterian, I'm a Presbyterian. So in our denomination, you know, our system of government is, is as such that let's say that uh, you're, maybe your boss is moving into your lane and mm -hmm. micromanaging you. And you go to your boss and say, hey, man, like, it's just too much. Like, you're asking me to do all these things, and that's not me. Or you're asking me to do all these extra things, and that's not on my job description. Or you're coming down here, and, like, you're running my small group. And mm -hmm. it's like, this is my area. And you know that naturally I'm going to yield to your speaking there. But you're jumping into, like, my field. Like, this is what you hired me to do. Um, and you'll feel that sense of insecurity. Oh, he's down here because he doesn't, you know, trust me or, uh, maybe you're or, like, it, it's whatever it is. And, and those insecurities are merited, merited really. I, mm. I really think that that's reasonable. If my, John Stone started coming to my small group meetings at Starbucks 
and butting in and saying, hey guys, you know, so when in the Psalms, when God says this or to David and David responds, with, what do y'all think that means? And he just leads the whole thing. I'm all of a sudden not going to feel valuable. Right. Which John does not do that. He will never do that. But no. that's just not his 411. But like that does happen. So how do you handle it? What do you do when it's a boss mm. that com- that starts to move into your lane or starts to micromanage you? Well, given given, yeah, so from Presbyterian perspective, the TE, but for senior pastor, for everybody else, giving senior pastors propensities to sometimes um, not just do that, but also get defensive when they're kind of called out on that. Yeah, that actually would be a spot where you move back into the delicacies of maybe finding an advocate. Um, no one likes to be called out, you know. There's the whole Ryan Howard quote from The Office where he's like, look, I, I love critical feedback about my job. In fact, I thrive on it. <laughs> no one does. No. Nobody does. So that might be one where you could say, look, this is, you know, in most, in most situations, you're going to have an elder who's kind of your go-to guy. And part of their function is to advise you. So maybe you get that advice in a way that's very respectful to your pastor and then say, hey, would it be okay if we kind of talked um, it really depends on the pastor though, man. I wish I could say that it is always safe. We talked about TV. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how in like murder, she wrote and whatnot, Jessica, which I'm, I'm sound like I'm 90, but I had grandparents. Angela Lansbury, Angela Lansbury, which I thought was smoking hot until I maybe hit, I don't know, 16. <laughs> no, that's okay. Thank you for taking the creepiness out of what I said. <laughs> um, she would always confront the murderer. Yeah. And then of course the cops would step in. Imagine if she confronts the murderer and then the murderer's like, all right, I'll fess up to it, but now I'm going to kill you, right? That's how every episode was? Yeah. I really, really wish that it could be a thing where you could go to your brother in Christ always, but sometimes it's important to let somebody know where you'll be, right? So I think that's an important thing when it is your boss, because otherwise um, you just come across as insubordinate or insecure Mm -hmm. or whatever the things are. Now, if you have a close relationship like I do, I mean you do with John, I do with my pastor. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But since this is the practical youth pastor, practically every pastor is going to have a problem with every. you saying, Hey, stay out of my lane Yeah, because th- it's yeah. their brand. It is. And yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, the, the benefit, I mean, every church has le- a system of leadership. Correct. G- generally. There's a polity to every church. And so if you have that authority or a plurality of leadership within your local church, being you have, in, like you said, a TE, a teaching elder, like in the PCA, versus a ruling elder who is a basically a lay, ordained lay leader person in the church that is ordained to a position of ruling versus a separate office of a deacon, um, you have these advocates that, are, that God has provided through the scripture and mm-hmm. he's provided to your local church. And, to, and you're really not a church unless you have qualified ordained elders. Right. Right. That's why we say our school is not the church. Right. At all. It's a ministry of it's the church. It's a ministry of a parachurch right. organization, but it is not the church. And right. It won't be. The teachers are not the elders. The administrators are not the pastors. Right? The board is the elders, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> sure. Whatever. So, and they cycle every three years. And Anyway, so it's, but within our, our denomination, uh, you have that opportunity to go to your elders, to your overseers, and say, "Hey, right. I've met with my boss. I've told him my life is is it could be my life is falling apart. I'm having a hard time here. Um, 
I'm, I'm not able to get my work done because I'm in counseling with my wife. I'm not able to get my mind in the game because my boss keeps asking me to do a million things mm-hmm. that are not even on my job description. Yeah. Well, you have the responsibility to your wife, to your family, right. to go to that elder when that pastor's not listening to you and say, I need help. He's not listening to me. Can you help me talk with him? Yeah. And then you parlay a a communication between the three of you, maybe two elders, whatever it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of a derivative of Matthew 18. Sure. It's, it's not discipline, but it is just trying to, how do you get communication through in a hard situation? It's very effective. And you and that pastor and those elders get together and you say, look, I, I wanted to come together. I needed somebody. My life's going through a hard time. I've told you this and you keep heaping more and more and more on my plate. And I feel like you're not listening to me. And I love this job. I love this church. I want to stay here. But if you keep doing this, my life's falling apart. Or you keep doing this and you're not paying me for these extra jobs. You're, I feel like you're taking advantage of me. Or you've given me this job of small groups and leading this. But then you come to all of them and you hijack all of them. Mm-hmm. And when I ask you or, or say, that's, that's just undermining me. And why am I even there if you're just going to come to these things and undermine them? And it's, it just it's insulting right? and it hurts. And I just want to know, well, like, can we talk about why that is? Like, what's the deal? Can we talk about it? And I just needed to have other people to advocate for me to hear things that I can't hear. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Um, and I need it to be more serious because it's getting serious. Well, and I think, I think an important principle too is that being faithful is going to require a boldness. Yeah. Right. You, you have to be prepared to speak truth boldly, even if that costs you your position. Yeah. And I think that's one of the unfortunate realities is that sometimes it does. Yeah. You know, I've been in a situation where there's an issue with the senior pastor and the staff was completely cut off from the elders. The elders refused to talk to the staff at all. They, f- they flew in people from another state. They basically handed off their elder duties to strangers. Yeah. And in that situation, I found myself realizing, okay, why well, still, just because my situation is not favorable, I still owe it to this pastor, who's my brother in Christ, to go to him directly. And I think that um, that's really, really important, to show them that respect, even if they're going to hate what you have to say, to show them the respect of going to them. And again, that's if you do not have the option of advocacy or all this, you know. But like you said, it is a derivative of Matthew 18 in that sense, and there is a blueprint to it, and we can rationalize doing it the wrong way, but the wrong way will always get us the wrong result. It will. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Well, Steve, you went on a rant, didn't you? The the live live studio audience. Um, Thanks again for joining in on this episode of the Practical Youth Pastor. If you'd like for us to handle any quandaries or issues that you face in youth ministry, shoot us a a Gmail email at thepracticalyouthpastor at gmail.com. We'd be glad to answer those things. When we come back for the next episode, we're going to talk about what happens when those discussions with your pastor or your boss fail and you're still not heard. How do you move forward? on a staff where you feel like you're not heard or you feel like someone's moving into your lane. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Beep.